0: 11, my fashion. Great drinks, great friends, and it's flowing well. It's a perfect event. Shout out to party planners and party goers. This is Riel Jones, your host of Riel Podcast, formerly known as Riel Events Podcast. I want to welcome you back. It's, it's been a while since we've talked last, and I am thrilled, thrilled to be here with you again. I took a little bit of time out to really invest in my craft as well as invest in the equipment so that our sound quality can match the quality of the content of these amazing interviews that we're capturing and that we were capturing. I know that this season's interviews are are just great. The ones I've done already, I'm sure you'll learn a lot from as well as want to follow these people and learn more about their, their journey and everything that they're doing. You might be thinking to yourself that this might be a weird time to come back with a podcast right now, especially with all the different events that have been canceled from South by Southwest to Essence Fest, Dreamville, or things that have been pushed off, I should say, uh, postponed rather than canceled completely. Um, And some of them have been, as well as, we're really unsure when we'll be out to host in person events. So, a lot of people might be thinking right now might not be the best time to have an event podcast, but they're wrong. They're wrong for quite a few reasons. I'm a Virgo, I would love to go to all the reasons, but we won't. We'll go to the top three. First reason you're wrong is because right now we're doing even more events than before. We're meeting with people a lot through virtual events and virtual meetups. In meetings where you're having an opportunity to meet a lot of people that you wouldn't, and you're going to them back to back almost, if not every day, every other day, um, whether it's work related or not work related, you just want a break because you're at home. You want to think about something else, and so somebody's planning that. So those are events, and you're doing that's filling up your schedule way more than it would have if you're going to just in person events. Also. You, this is a perfect time for you to start planning for the future when we do come back. Whatever it's going to look like after all of this, it's going to be different. So right now is a great time to think about that. Start Put your game face on and start shifting and pivoting and work out a new plan. Third, the reason why you're wrong for thinking this would be the not-so-best time to have a event podcast. It's always fun to talk about events. Come on. We love talking about the last time we got together, how great it was, even maybe the stories of like how somebody maybe drank too much or things that could have gone a little bit better. We love spilling the tea here. We might not call it spilling tea. We might call it learning from our lessons, learning from challenges that we might have had before, i.e., growth, but it's still fun. Right now, as someone who thoroughly loves, events and everything that goes into it, every aspect of event and event planning, I think that this is a great time to open up the conversation and see all the different people who are a part of it, maybe not just the executives and the uh, um, leaders that I've been talking to in the prior years, but other people in the event industry as well. So I'm really excited to bring that. Today, I'm actually not going to have a interview attached to this episode, which was well, something that I kind of went back and forth with. I love the storytelling. I love talking to people, hearing their stories, and seeing how their careers have intertwined into some aspect of event, event planning or um, people gathering together, experiencing something, whether it's virtually or in, in person. I'm going to go through a few things that I think the future events are going to look like. Maybe not a few things. This is actually going to be the meat of our podcast today um, instead of the interview. I'm just going to go into what I think is going to be on the horizon, what we should be looking into, thinking about, and um, who we should be networking with now as event planners. And as party goers, I have a few tips that I guess I should share now because I know myself I'll get way too... Uh, way too into <laughs> my ideas about the events and all that to go back into um, things we should be looking at now. So as party goers, virtual party goers, are three things you should be thinking about. First, how much time do they put into the event? So when you're looking at the event blurb, the event flyers, website, whatever it is, evite, whatever they are sending you, how much time do they put into it? Is it grammatically correct? Does the font, backgrounds, whatever match the theme, Does or the purpose of the event? And um, does the description give you enough information to really make you want to go and give you enough information to know about the event? That seg- segway, That segues into my second point about the description and who do they have. So whether they tell you the exact person they're bringing on to talk or host the event, lead the event, lead the lesson, whatever it is, or they're giving you a description of their who they are, it should give you some idea of their level of expertise and the audience that this is geared towards. Now, say we're doing a painting lesson, a virtual... Paint by Numbers, um, here we have Painting with a Twist, I don't know if that's a nat- national chain or not. But for this, we'll just say it's a organization, a company, they're hosting an event, we know that all you need is a piece of paper, simple primary colors, and really cheap paintbrushes. They might have even given us some links, which would let us know that they really care about us. They've given us links for where we could buy supplies and tools so that we can follow along. Otherwise, we don't know. We might, we might wish hope for the best that we have everything that we need. Now, we should get engaged for their expert level of expertise so we know, okay, at the end of the day, is this something that I'm going to be able to hang on my wall? Is this something for my kids to participate in? Or is this just something for me to do just to say I've done it and release and something I could do later on just for fun? It's really important that you have some sense to gauge it so that when you, we come in as a party goer, we're, we know what to expect and we're not disappointed with our, when we have our glass of wine, all of our tools set up, and it's really just, it looks like a, a third grade painting class. So these are th- those are two things we want to look at. And then the third thing we want to think about as partygoers, how much do we want to invest into this experience? Um, I know that a lot of people were excited about some of the production and um, battle performances you've been seeing on IG. Some people have even done little uh, parties where they Facetime their friends, they've gotten dressed up, bop, bop, bop. Now, when you've seen the first one where it had, it was crashing over 400,000 people streaming the, um, babyface, Teddy Riley, uh, versus Battle. Maybe the second time... We're going to be a little bit more cautious. Perhaps I do dress up because I'm at home. I don't have anything else to dress up for. So I still want that experience. But at the same time, I'm not spending an hour doing makeup because I'm going to be very upset if this goes right and it's crashing non-stop. Which is what happened for some people. Now, if we go in and we have the expectation of, hey, this is that, it might, it might fall off then we know, hey, we didn't invest too much in it. We're still getting our little groove going. We can play the music on our HomePod, our speakers, whatever. So those are my few tips for party goers. Now let's get into the meat of it. This season, we're going to see a lot of virtual events. We're going to see back-to-back-to-back-to-back events. Brands are going to, I feel like in a month, They're going to all start catching on that they should be investing in these different event series and uh, start branding themselves a part of these events as well as trying to buy commercial space and commercial breaks within them where these these live virtual events will take breaks to play their commercial where people aren't able to fast forward through it because it's live. I think that... Companies are going to start spending more on, when we come back from uh, being quarantined, still having the virtual event set up, live streaming, actual events in case that we ever have to go back into quarantine, that they never lose that momentum, uh, and that they're, they're getting better and better in production. And I feel like sooner or later, it's going to be second nature to always live stream your events, li- live stream your conferences, things like that, where you can also get more revenue, in addition to the people who can actually come to your overall conference and events. I think that's going to become second nature. Like, sure, we're having this great uh, panel. People seem to be really interested in it. They're not going to fly all the way out to California for this because we don't know the next wave, bop, bop, bop. But we can... Definitely have our in-person event. We'll talk more about how we think that's gonna look later in the show, but we'll have our in-person event and then we'll have live streams and you pay $30, $15, $50 for a ticket to see this one live stream and then uh, you can maybe get a downloaded workbook with it, downloaded recording of the the event panel Whatever it is, if they go that far, I think later on you might see some brands even venturing into blending the virtual and physical space by sending—and this is something I've been trying to get people on board with, especially to support local artists and a lot of people are, like have crafts and goods that aren't related to food because right now we're all thinking about food, 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 food. Food shortages and all that, but we're not thinking about everybody else to create in order to survive, and they're not going to have any in person events to participate in. So, you might see brands pay them more for like Zoom backgrounds or more artwork for their events, animations, things like that. But I also think that you might have them purchasing like art to send to different people randomly so that they can have a virtual event but also show off art from the, their local community gain awareness, show that we could still participate in exchanging of items. Uh, we just have to be safe about it because the virus doesn't last on services forever, and there are ways that we can be uh, sanitized, so we can take precautions, as well as still support each other. We are intaking food after all, and that is in containers and being delivered to you in some form or fashion. I'm really excited to see some of the changes that I think future events will have. For instance, I feel like there'll be a increase in hygiene awareness and like and cleanliness of the spaces as well as people uh, and how many people we want to fit in the spaces as well as how often we clean, how deep and thorough we clean, all nooks and crannies versus before you might have some businesses that might do like Deep cleanings every so often, but they have a team that empty out the trash, and the kitchen's cleaned and whatnot, but like the dance floor isn't really clean, and they're not th- thinking about dust and all of that. Now we're really thinking about how long do things are li- things living on our services, how often do we need to clean our spaces to reduce the likelihood of spreading contagions and viruses and whatnot. I'm really excited for that. I hope that this will also bring more money and benefits to the people in this indi- in the um, cleaning industry and not just to the companies themselves who will get more clients, but I'm hoping the people that they hire will get paid more. I hope that, you know, and this I know this is not a political podcast, but, like, some part of legislation give some hazard pay or some kind of pay wage because they are actively fighting the battle for us and to keep it at bay and we need this and we need thorough cleaning and people who really care and they're not uh they they care and we're investing enough that they understand how much and how seriously we're taking it. I think that's really important and I'm, going back I think we're just gonna have much higher standards for hygiene. And companies that don't have it, I think that we're gonna start looking at them in a different light, and that's not just saying that they put up a screen to protect their employees from us. Because I will tell you already, as someone who's an outsider from that did not, who is not originally from Michigan or Detroit, when I first came here, oh girl, five, six, seven years ago, however long it was and where I would go all around, and there were a lot of places that had plastic windows up everywhere to protect their workers from the public, as, as so who didn't know the area, didn't know people, and, like, I'm like, this is downtown, or this is supposed to be a decent area. It made me feel like, who did you leave me out here with to, like, scrap and survive? Like, um, I'll tell you right now, I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life. I'm not about that life. So that's not what I would have chosen and I feel like when you see when we see that uh, more is going to make people it's going to feel more off-putting for us as guests or as customers of having to be around feeling like we're not being considered, you know, so I, I'm hoping that that's not what, that's not the only thing that happens at that higher um hygiene standards and all of that. I am excited because I feel like there's going to be an increase in awareness for hospitality workers where there is, you know, events, venues, hotels, uh, airplane, airplane, uh, you know what I mean. The air industry, I, I feel like there should be a increase in appreciation, hopefully campaigns, even if some people feel like it's propaganda. Give it to me, where you're giving us kudos and appreciation. And hopefully, again, that comes with more money and, and benefits. And so let's kind of pivot to how I feel like events are going to look. We already said we're going to have a lot more uh, virtual events. Brands are going to completely opt into them. They're going to start supporting them more, buying into them, seeing how they can do their spinoffs of successful virtual events that other businesses have done or try to be a part of it. You're going to see a lot more user engagement in events so that, like, because you can randomly pick someone to hop on, you've even seen this in lives where YouTubers have started just letting people who are in their comments hop onto their YouTube live and, and talk to them, and it's just very random. You don't know who it is, you, so it's not prepared questions. It's not... Uh, it's not. It's very authentic, and right now I feel like it's kind of hard to cheat that system. There might be ways where you could kind of make it in authentic, but right now you'll see more user engagement, where everyday people can just talk to all these influencers and and any uh, panelists or executives that we have on board, and even perhaps network with them in a different way. We talked about that we. We believe that they're going to find ways to connect physical and virtual spaces together. I believe you're going to see an increase in AR, 3D, uh, both where you can bring in artificial reality into your, your home. So seeing animations, graphics, part of the event set up, look projected into your actual house. I'm really excited for that. I would love, like, if, if anybody's listening to this, and you're like, damn, that's a great idea, I have money, I have a great brand, go to my website, realevents.com, so we can get on it, okay? Get it rolling. Whether projecting the event into your, your, event space, into your home, and you're interacting with other people, you're gonna see, like, the, the AR goggles being used a lot more in a virtual event, and giving you that full event uh, feel as you enter their world versus um having the world projected into our space. I believe that you're gonna have a lot more where awareness come to different issues, more in depth discussions because unless it's an activity based virtual event, it's gonna be you're gonna have a lot more thoughtful, meaningful conversations, which I love. I believe that it, it brings out the truth. And and whatever the conversation is, dialogue that you are having, whether it's about the weather, climate, politics, social media, reality TV, whatever it is, social dynamics, whatever it is, the conversation is more authentic when you have people who Are purely listening to each other and I've seen already that we've we've already gotten accustomed to having a lot of people on the line and kind of waiting and, and looking for visual cues that it can be our turn to speak I think you will see a decrease in festivals and award shows I think that you're going to see them struggle because especially award shows they were already not popular before they the appeal for award shows, A, hey, yes, for your favorite celebrities to, uh, to be honored for the the work that they've done and the talent and all the reasons why you stand for them. Great. And second, we all want to see all these major, like, celebrities together. It's like Disney World where you see all the characters from all the random Disney movies come together to do their meet and greets. It's like, oh my gosh! Like, the little five-year-old or you, your child is like... This is the best thing ever. I can't believe this. Goofy is with Mulan. Who's with Meg? Who's with Hercules? You know, who's with Aladdin? So as adults, it's like, oh my gosh, look at all these really major stars with all these beautiful outfits or this ex- crazy theme that I would never think of. And did they really meet the theme, like the Met Gala or the Diamond Ball? Think of, kind of those kind of events, stuff like that. I feel like it might push celebrities in two directions because right now, you know, they do get a lot of money from advertising and whatnot, but right now people might be thinking about how to become more authentic, especially with, like, deliveries are taking forever. Like, I purchased a few things over two weeks ago and it still hasn't been processed, meaning it still hasn't gone through their system for them to send it to me. So... Me, like a lot of people, we're just kind of like starting to not care as much. Like, yes, you might see a good deal. You're like, oh, I really need that. <coughs> I really need that. But overall, we're not as geeked and we're thinking about other things. And so this might be kind of a curve, not a complete curve to American materialism, but kind of a shift in consumption of goods and luxury goods, which might mean that like celebrities might see a decrease in pay, decrease in opportunities to wear those brands that give them more fame and uh, fortune. So I'm really interested in seeing how that plays out, especially like reality TV. We're already seeing that, or we're already projecting that we probably won't have much of a fall season because they're not being able to, to shoot right now. And a lot of the shows are being pushed back after trying to edit around what's going on. And also save content. There'll be an increase in event details, so people are going to think a lot more about the... People are going to think a lot more about who are they bringing together, why, the purpose, branding opportunities, visual cues, because they're going to be having this online too. So whether it's now or later on, they're going to want to have more things that make you think more about their brand and not just logos, which is something I've been preaching, as you know, since the beginning. Um, But we won't get into that tea right now. But this doesn't... The increase in event details doesn't mean that it's always going to be, like, glitz. It just means that it's going to be a bit more mindfulness, which... We'll see how uh, that goes. Hopefully people are listening or they're they're really learning more about event design in order to do it well and for it not to be tacky or for them to not fall into common uh, pitfalls. You're going to see a lot more volunteers, especially with virtual events. You're going to see a lot more people willing to volunteer their time and services, see how they can help, give back, which is going to be really great. I think a lot of people are going to try to foster that and uh, and work around that to see how they can impact their community, impact the world. You're going to have a huge increase in networking, and networking is going to be a lot easier and better because now you're not stuck. You're stuck to the people, not stuck to. You're not confined with your location. Now you can network with. Literally anybody in the world, as long as they found out about that virtual event and log on. So I think that virtual events and networking, you're gonna see it gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot better, more authentic, as long as we also teach people about how to network properly. It might even be more successful than in person networking. You're gonna see quite a bit of uh, brand. Branded apps by companies so that they can host their own events versus just using like Zoom and Hopin and other things like that. They're going to try to use, they're going to try to create their own apps that are branded that you can see all their events, and as well as they're going to say that it's more secure than like Zoom, especially since we've been hearing a lot of things about Zoom and major departments and industries are. Shifting away from using that that platform. So let's finish this podcast episode. People we should get to know right now as event planners organizers, whatnot. We should get to know animators because we already know there's going to be a lot more AR, 3D experiences, graphics, and whatnot. So this is a great time to get to know them. Start to figure out your vision, see different styles of animation, styles of work so that you're prepared and you have a catalog ready so that if you have different projects, you're not confined to just one thing. You're definitely going to need to know coders because all this is going to become more and more complex as you want to build more things out. So you need to have people who are competent and also people that you trust. You definitely need to know people who are great with uh, sound and video, sound engineers, uh, AV teams, so that you have great live streams and production quality so that it's not a mess. Uh, we Teddy can let you know about that. And things we should get used to will be strong mapping of uh, websites and virtual events you need to get used to uh, mapping stories f- so that you can understand the flow of the event because this is different than a, a, a physical in-person event digital floor plans how to connect with special vi- uh, special guests how to bring special guests who are not on your team onto your virtual event platforms so and not opening it up to everybody. As well as live streams, you need to really get comfortable with this. Get comfortable with this before it's critical and you know, and your whole brand can be shut down because people are like we're at a point where all brands should know how to live stream and interface with us and then finally you need to get used to connecting your virtual events to your social media this can be snippets this could be live streams this can be links this can be redirecting there's a lot of ways you can do this but it needs to be done often and well in staying to your brand I hope you got a lot of really great information out of this first episode. These are just my thoughts and where I think the events are going to go post-corona. I've tried, ooh, sorry, I've been trying not to use that word. <laughs> uh, post all of this. And then also during all of this. So it's kind of, it's been a mix of practices now and in the future. But I feel like if you're practicing them all now, you'll be good for the future. I'm your girl, Riel. It's been a blast. Let's remember to keep these events enchanting, engaging, and well executed. Until next time, Sai Jian.